Yo. Hello? Housekeeping? <laughs> I don't know what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to like split the the second recording or that's the first right. recording. I don't I'm gonna have to that's the new one for me. I'm gonna have to figure that out now. Oh boy. We'll have to do these in two sections, maybe. That's okay. Yeah. Right. We'll make it work. Then we'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like kind of quiet and I'm like is she still there? Oh yeah, no. I thought. In fact, I was like messing with a with a paper. I was trying not to, but I was like having to like grab something from a plastic bag. I was like, oh, I hope this isn't too loud. <laughs> no, no, I didn't hear anything. It's just nope, nope, thing. wasn't loud at all. In fact, no, nope, was nothing there. No one was home. No one was home. Lights were on, and nobody was home. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So now what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to figure out how to splice out all my swearing. <laughs> and <laughs> edit, it. edit it. And figure that out and then have to repost this one. Because I don't know if I can merge them together. Oh, man. Yeah. So it's all right. We'll figure, you'll figure it out. Dun, dun, dun. Figure it out. The, the um, I don't remember so, okay, what we were talking about. What we were talking about. Um, uh, yeah, so we were no, I was training to and like, huh? we're talking about like training and like muscle yeah. priming and potentiating. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, what I was trying to get across was, okay, so I'll put it more in like weightlifting terms. Okay. And I started to say that what a lot of people don't re- know is I started as a weightlifter, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And I learned on the Bulgarian side. Okay. Now yep. I don't know how much you know about the Bulgarian system. Yeah, I I'm I'm pretty familiar with it. I haven't personally done it, but I've seen I've seen lots of programs with it. I've okay. I know people who have who have done like iterations of it. I'm I'm pretty familiar. It's like one are like one sets of singles, maybe doubles if, you know, someone's feeling spicy but mainly like you're basically it's basically a peaking block except for all the time you're <laughs> you're peak yeah. all the time <laughs> yeah so you are talking about the old school bulgarian system which is what i learned on okay yeah. there is a modified version okay mm-hmm. um, and there's a highly modified version well the original bulgarian training system is five days a week mm-hmm. five well it's actually six days a week for advanced lifters. um you train the power clean you train, well i should say the snatch you do the clean jerk squats pulls high squats push presses um there's about 12 exercises all together that you train six days a week mm-hmm. every day there's, yep. no, there's no rest and it's 95% of your one MR. Okay. So like I said, doubles, singles, doubles every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it works, but it's a very intense, very brutal type training. Anyway, that's how I learned. Okay. But the beautiful part about the Bulgarian tra- training system is how they structure how you do those exercises uh-huh. because you don't always do those exercises in the same format. Once they start to see, once you, a coach, you 
start to see how you're progressing, determine on what exercise you focus more on during the training. Uh-huh. If, if that makes sense. Yeah. You follow me? Yep. So if you are having an issue with the clean and press, and it's an issue of <clears throat> getting out of the hole, well, then you have to work on your quads. Mm-hmm. We got to do some more quad work, right? Um, if it's an issue of getting it over your head, then we got to start focusing on the upper body. Right. So that's really how they tailor it, which is getting back to what I was talking about earlier, as far as, you know, with stomach fatigue, is understanding that structuring your workouts so you can get through your workout thoroughly and not lag on another body part. You know what I'm saying? Like you want time management. You want to be able to use the time in the gym appropriately and effectively. So if you're training, I don't, I see a lot of guys doing like two and three body parts in a workout. And I just don't think that that's, I really honestly don't think that you can train three body parts effectively in a workout. I just don't think you can. Um, right. I think that it's very, very hard to even do two body parts in a workout, let alone three. You know, sorry, I, I missed the last part. I'm sorry, no. my son was was asking me something. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> no, I'm just. Yeah. I, at, I think that it's hard enough doing two muscle groups in a workout, let alone three. Right. You know, so yeah, like major muscle groups. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, I just think that you know people get really stuck on, well, I got to train, you know, uh, chest today and I got to train shoulders, but you know, your shoulders suck and you have a great chest. So why are you still doing your chest first every workout? Right. You know, um, I have really, really good arms, but everything else sucks, you know? Right. <laughs> so why are you training your arms five days a week? <laughs> you need to account for your like deviations. Yeah. It's like uh, a couple years ago, I was working with this guy, um, power lifter, and he was a great bencher. I mean, this mm-hmm. guy was ridiculous when it came to benching. Uh, very, very, very good bencher. Um, but his squat sucked. Yeah. Know? Like, he wasn't on par with his weight class, and that was what killed him. So he's like, ah, I just, I'm going to concentrate on benching. And I'm like, why? <laughs> so you can really really win like you can just right. absolutely crush a bench only competition the bench press only competition. that's not your sport though right right well you can just <laughs> bench competitions yeah but who cares about that i know exactly i'm like dude you're a power lifter i'm like yeah. you need to work on your squat yeah exactly so when i looked at his training program he's got three bench training sessions and one squat program of course, and he's going to be he better adventure. What's well, yeah, and I mean, so the so, and he did get this program from a reliable source, but I'm not going to mention any names, okay? And I'm not going to mention where it came from, mm-hmm. but it was a legitimate site. It was a legitimate source, and I do have respect for this coach. But I was like, okay, so you have three bench days. You're a shitty squatter, but you're uh-huh. squatting one day a week. Right. There's a problem there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you would, now you can incorporate the Bulgarian method 
into all aspects of training, right? So everybody's like, well, there's no time for rest. There's no time for rest. Well, yeah, you get Sunday. <laughs> you mm-hmm. get Sunday off. And your body will adapt because your body's going to feel like shit at first. And you're going to be tired and sore all the time and achy. But then what's going to happen is you instantly start to grow muscle and you get stronger. And then what happens is your energy level picks up and you feel good. So you can take that philosophy and you can incorporate it into powerlifting. Like I changed this thing. I'm like, look, you're going to get, I actually literally, I didn't stop him from benching, but I cut his percentages down drastically right. within a workout. And I only allowed him to bench once a week. Uh-huh. So he was only working with like 50 to 60% of his max. Mm-hmm. And he had three squat days and two deadlifting days. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow, miraculously, his squats started to improve. Holy Not shit. What, a, what an amazing concept, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and everybody's like, oh, well, you know, how can you, how can you squat three days a week and thoroughly recover? You know, how can you squat four days a week and thoroughly recover? Yeah. Well, um, me, you just do. <laughs> you just do because your body adapts. Yeah. And number two, it's how you period it you you prioritize it like you can have one day where you squat really really heavy right yeah numbers 95 percent of your max then what you do is you take a day of rest you can come back within a day or two you can even do it on a bench day where you can do some reps you just work on the form and the technique you know so maybe it's only 50 percent of your one mr but you're you're building it into like the whole, the other philosophy behind the Bulgarian training system is it's a sport. So the more you do a sport, right? Why was Michael Jordan so good at basketball? Well, he had a lot of natural genetics, but that's all he did is play basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Why are, why are people that are very, very good at something? Why are they very good? Because they practiced it over and over and over. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's the principle of specificity. Right. And I mean, you can incorporate if you're like powerlifting lends itself really well to what you were just talking about with the undulating periodization. You can undulate like you can have, you know, a high intensity bench workout on Monday and have like a mid intensity um, deadlift in the same session and a low intensity squat in the same session. And then on Wednesday, you can have a low intensity bench. Um, high intensity dead and mid intensity squat and then friday have a mid intensity bench high intensity squat yep low intensity deadlift where you're undulating simply throughout the week and you're still able to hit you know squat bench dead right so no big deal um so any that's it's all possible it's not like oh well this is my like, I don't know, like I can only do like one, um, one exercise, one compound movement a day for each session. You don't necessarily have to, it just depends on what, how, like how well you you do, you perform in every single, like if you need to get your, if you're like, I mean, the undulating periodization is good for someone who's like pretty, um, like consistent with all of their lifts. If they're like pretty much equal in the day to day, but you do, I mean, even in like mesocycles, like you do undulate because, um, 
you're working with three different movements in powerlifting. Um, so if you are looking to basically get all of your numbers up within a macro cycle, you're going to end up undulating um, throughout however many mesos that you have before your meet. Like you're going right. to have a more bench centric mesocycle. You're going to have a more dead centric mesocycle. You're going to have a more squat centric mesocycle. So it really just depends on like what those, what your numbers are, where your numbers need to be and how quickly you want to get there. Yeah. Like when I was powerlifting, what I used to do when I would start off my, my training cycle for a meet, mm -hmm. I would do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I would bench deadlift and squat in one workout. And how I would do it is I would start off, you know, uh, Monday, like I said, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So Monday, I might start off with squat, then go to the deadlift, then go to the bench. And then <laughs> Wednesday, I would reverse the order, right? And right. Then Friday, I would do something in between. Now, depending on, I was always a better, for me, it was easy. For this example, it's easy because I was a big squatter and a big deadlifter so at 165 and i actually only weighed 158 pounds um my first state meet that i did in pa i squatted 495 okay so that was at 158 so that's a big squat for a 165 pounder um especially considering my first my first meet but i only benched 265 you know guys in my class were benching you know close to 380 um, huge difference in the poundages. So yep. I always used to, I always used to program. So the bench was always first because I was a terrible bencher, you know, and I always was working on my bench playing catch up. And sometimes I wouldn't even put heavy deadlifting in there because my deadlift was even better than my squat. Um, so maybe I deadlifted like once in a week, right. Mm -hmm. And I use that time to prioritize around my bench press to help bring my bench press up. But I always train three days a week. Right. Um, well, I should say I trained five days a week, but my assistive training was on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I never incorporated my assistant and isolation exercises on my core days. Mm -hmm. Core days were Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And like I said, it was squat, deadlift, bench or bench deadlift squat but i mostly always started off with the bench press when i would go into a training cycle because that was my weakest lift right um, and i was i would always end with the deadlift because my deadlift was my strongest lift now if all of a sudden which <laughs> i'm laughing but never happened but like if my bench would all of a sudden like start to really progress Mm -hmm. I wasn't moving on the squat or the deadlift and I would have to change things around, but that never actually happened. Um, you know, my bench just, I was able to get it to consistently move, but it never moved the way I wanted it to move. You know? I never was able to be a contender in the bench press category in my, in any of the weight classes that I ever competed in. I just right. remember that good of a bench presser. Um, but I would do my, assistive in my it's my isolation exercise on my off four days if that makes sense and i would try to prioritize exercises around where i was the weakest right so if my triceps were really weak and falling behind then i would do more tricep work and that would always be done first right and then i would just taper it down from there so that's how i've always and it's just like now you know um you know with with 
with me, you know, moving into bodybuilding, you know, I look at my body, where am I the weakest? And those are the areas that I focus on. Right. So, um, and I don't dwell on my strong points. Yeah. I mean, you, you need to hit, you need to hit your strong points so they stay strong and they don't right. Right. Re- yeah. like regress, but yeah, you definitely, you're not like all in on, well, no, if, I'm not- all, if I have the biggest like delts, I'm just going to continue to get big delts, especially with bodybuilding because it's right. so based on proportions. And so right. if you're way out of proportion, then what's the point? Yeah. It's trying to be symmetrical and you know, it's trying to make sure that the body is, I mean, bodybuilding is really, I mean, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion drastically changed in, in the last 20 years, but um, I have my own opinions on that, but um, it is the, the, in the, in the purest sense of bodybuilding, it's all about symmetric. It's being symmetrical, symmetry proportions um, being pleasing to the eye. And, I, and, and that's really important to me. Like, I, I think that, a good physique should be proportioned. I also think from a health standpoint and, you know, physical standpoint that, you know, even if you're not a competitive bodybuilder, I don't care. I think that you should train all muscles. I think that muscles should be activated. I think that your body should be balanced. You know, you see these guys walking around the gym, they got really big front delts, you know, they got real big, heavy upper pecs and they got no rear delts and no chest. And then as time goes on, you know, they walk around with their arms rolled forward you know, do some rear delts, dude. Like, yeah. Train some delts, man. Like, it'll be better for you in the long run and you'll look bigger. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. You'll look, you'll look better in shirts, you know? Yeah. Um, and you'll, you know, I mean, you'll just be better all the way around. But um, so I think that, you know, when people are putting a program together, you know, it, it really needs to, A, you know, when you're working with somebody, it's hard at first to know where they're at and their strong points. It takes a little while. You got to get that communication going with them. You got to see, you have to evaluate um, where their strong points points are, where their weak points are. Um, and then moving forward on prioritizing those exercises that help strengthen those weak points. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it, it's, it's a package deal, you know, priming the muscle, prioritizing throughout the course of the workout. And then the cool down part, that's the other thing that people like, they just walk out of the gym. Like there's this whole process that takes place where the fatigue, once the fatigue sets in, like, it's not just a matter of walking out of the gym. You know, you should do some foam rolling. You should do some stretching. You know, um, you should do cool down movements that help bring the muscle back to normal. You know, mm-hmm. um, you have any techniques that you use? Um, as far as like your cool down process, my cool down. Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, cool down is um, probably more important for recovery purposes right. that's what I'm talking um, about. yeah that's I'm, because the recovery process people don't realize that the recovery process stops as soon as you finish that last rep right it, yeah it, it, like from the from your last rep of your of the of session your, that you're completing to yeah. the first rep of your next session, session correct that's con- your recovery window absolutely um, so 
cooldown goes, you want to essentially like do almost the opposite order kind of like than you would like a warm up. So like with my warm up, I do like a really quick get my blood rate, my heart rate going like you know like a 400 meter jog or um like whatever uh, some monostructural thing like 20 burpees or like just getting the blood flowing um then i do some like ballistic stretching um then i do base volume for whatever the workout is going to be so like um like muscle potentiation and then um, then I'll do like specific warm up of like whatever it is, whatever exercises I'm doing. So after my muscle potentiation of like igniting whatever muscles I need to be ignited, um, then I'll like if I'm squatting, then I'll start, you know, doing some squat, like actual air squats, squats with the empty barbell and start doing that. So um, that's how my warm up goes and then so cool down is essentially like the reverse of that almost mm-hmm. um well yeah because if do you do a couple of air squats you heart rate up. you're trying to like if your heart rate's up like you want to slowly like bring it down bring it down um because then when you see people like throwing up from their workout sometimes that's from like proper improper like cool down like yeah. Yeah. improper warm-up and cool down like or you ate too much. <laughs> or you ate too much. And your nutrition was just, like, not, uh, not, not ideal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, then you want to do, like, a really, cool, like, a really slow, um, low-intensity, like, monostructural thing again. Like, that's why I wish we had an Airdyne at the Y. That would be great. Yeah, we did have one. I don't know what they did with it. Perfect. I know. I, I loved it. But those are, that's, like, the perfect cool-down um machine in my opinion because you're getting a little bit of lower body getting a little bit of upper body with that um and just kind of like circulating that that blood flow like to the area then you want to do your self myofascial release like your foam trigger point work um that's kind of that's how i do it however i'm also um always on the go so sometimes up doing that yeah i mean it does yeah i mean as 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 i'm able to i do it (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't want people to think that, oh, shit, if I leave the gym without doing all these things, it's going to be terrible. Yeah, no, definitely not. I also want people to understand that, you know, if you are looking, if you are an athlete and you are going for a specific purpose, you do need to make sure that you structure your time so you can do these things. Yes. Um, Because it all helps, you know. Yeah. But even with somebody that just for general health and wellness, this definitely plays a huge factor in how you progress and how you recover. But I, once again, I want people to think that if they don't do this, that it's, you know, the end of the world, it's not, um, you know, shit happens. We all have things that we have to do. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that, you know, after every workout that I'm able to accomplish this, you know, sometimes stuff happens. You got to get out of the gym, you know? Yeah. Uh, We're talking about optimal situations now, you know, um, getting the body to go where you need it to go, um, following through with protocols will get you there 
in the fastest, most optimal way, right? Right. Yeah. So if you're not meeting those protocols, I guess you're not going to necessarily. You're just leaving, you're, you're leaving stuff on the table. I mean, let's just like, you're leaving, you're leaving gains on the table, but at the same time, like how serious are you? Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's what what you have to ask yourself. Like how serious of an athlete are you? I mean, if professional athletes who are getting paid, they're doing all of this stuff because that's literally their life. Their job, they're getting paid to be perform at their top, um, at the top of their game. However, like I'm a, like, I'm a 33 year old mother of two children and I am a small business owner and I'm a wife and I'm a daughter and I'm a sister and I'm all these different, I wear all these different hats. So I have to like, I have to divide my time appropriately. And I mean, there are, I have to look at my priorities and what, what takes priority. And I mean, being an athlete is definitely not at the top of my priority list it's certainly in my top five right um but like because it's not my top priority i i just have to like take what i can when i can right and that's and that i think that's kind of where a lot of people fall yeah i mean i'm not i think i'm i'm not explaining myself right here i i want people to understand that you know, when we talk about these things, because a lot of times people take what you say to heart mm-hmm. right? and you might have somebody listening that'll say, well, geez, I haven't been doing that. I don't have time to do that. Is that going to affect me? And the answer is not really. I mean, it'll affect you, but in like such a small right. sense of, I mean, these right. are like the 1%, like right. Right. any 1% that you are able to do, right. like will, will you know, garner momentum over time. Right. But like, don't worry necessarily. Like if you're not looking to like be on this, like super, super, like, like steep trajectory, then it's fine. Just implement these 1% as you're, as you're capable of doing. Absolutely. And I think that's, what's important too, because it is a marathon. It is, you're doing this over the course of, you know, several years and yeah. builds up. Um, so, and anytime you can do something better, you know, if you can work it into your schedule and you consistently get it in there so you can do it, then it is going to take those gains that you would get, but you're not going to, mm-hmm. and add it to the table, right? Yeah. So, yep. I think that, you know, once again, it goes to, you know, just prioritizing what's important to you. And like you said, like, being an athlete's not your number one priority. And for me, it's not either. Like I run a business, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right. Like I'm, you know, I'm married with a kid and, you know, yep. I, I, you know, it's in my, in like me, it's in my top five. It's very, very important. It's who I am as a person, but it's not my number one priority. It yeah. used to be my number one priority. Right. But now it's like number five. Right. So if I don't, you know, get enough water in one day. Well, then I just make sure that I get it in the next day. Yeah. Um, I try not to miss meals, but shit happens. Right. Um, I try to get eight to 10 hours of sleep a night. That doesn't ever friggin' happen. You know? <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, especially now, like it's crazy. Like I taught, you know, I'm up at three 30. 
So right. my alarm goes off at 3.30. I crawl out of bed at quarter to four. I go downstairs. I do 15 minutes on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. And then I go and eat and I shower and I get ready and check the media, do what I got to do, message clients back, whatever it is. Cause you know, um, and then I'm off to the, I'm off to work and I'm there at yeah. and I'm there till 11. And then mm-hmm. after that, it really depends on clients, training, whatever. And but like last night I had class from six to seven mm-hmm. by time I get all the equipment put away and cleaned. It's seven 30. Yep. By time I leave, you know, because you always get grabbed by somebody. Mm-hmm. I didn't leave last night until quarter to eight. Right. And by the time I got home, it was eight o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, so now I got to get my clothes out. I got to get all the food, you know, food is ready, but I, there's still things that you have to do. You got to shower and shit. Or your family, yeah. you know? um, and I didn't get to bed till nine, you know, 10 right. nine. that's six hours of sleep. Yeah. And that yeah, like that's compounding day after day. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and technically the way I train, I should be getting at least eight hours of sleep a night. Mm-hmm. Um, if not 10, I'm a firm believer that very, very hard training people need eight to 10 hours of sleep a night. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a, re- I'm real big on that, but you know, I don't get it routinely. I average about seven. Uh-huh. So I guess that's not bad. It's not five. Right. It's not eight. <laughs> yeah. But it's seven, seven somewhere in the middle, you know? Yeah. Um, you do what you can. Yeah. You do what you can. It's not terrible, yeah. but so, um, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, I, I think, um, oh, you know what yeah. I got to ask you? Oh yeah. I've always wanted to ask you this, but now that we're friends, we're bros, right? Yeah. I can ask. Big time. Right. What? Big I, time bros. Right. It, big, t- big time. Um, so you're like, okay, so you're a massage therapist. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had anybody try to get inappropriate with you? Um, not as much as you would think. Really? Um, uh, I think you're... I put off vibes yeah. that are like, don't mess with me vibes. Oh, no. Um, also, also helps that like I wear scrubs to work, right. <laughs> but, um, more so at the spa, like right. I've definitely had some weirdos um at the spa but like most of the time any i've had like a couple of um inquiries that have like kind of put me off but i don't think i've ever really had like a a, like an experience where i was like uncomfortable or weird like in my own treatment room so i'm sure that they teach you all like about professionalism and your the schooling that you go through right Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason I the reason I ask you is because I don't even know why I was thinking about this, but I had like a really weird experience sometimes as a trainer, um, because I used to go to people's houses and train. Uh huh. And I was in this girl's house, and you know, I mean, she started coming on to me, mm-hmm. and it made me feel uncomfortable. You know, like I really was like kind of taken back. Mm-hmm. Because I'm trying to be professional and like I actually had to end the session. Yeah. Um, and I was working for somebody at the time, you know, and I, you know, and I told him, I explained the situation to him. So I was like, I wonder if she ever had any situation where like she had to tell somebody to leave or something, 
you know? Mm, yeah, no, I've never had, I've fortunately, um, have, have been lucky enough to not have actually had to like do that. I've had, had some, like I said, experiences at the spa, (laughs) but I think people are more apt to like act a little bit more inappropriate. The the people, the people who have acted inappropriate too were kind of like high rollers who were getting comped massages. And so they kind of like were, had no, stake in it like oh if i get kicked out i'm gonna lose all this money that i just paid for this massage they're just like yeah whatever it's a free massage anyway so let's see if i can get a little get a little handsy but good (laughs) some good rules of thumb this is not like training related but this is massage related um good rules of thumb don't move the massage therapist draping um unless you're feeling super uncomfortable um, and you, if you feel like any, something's showing, then let the therapist know so that they can redrape you. Because mm-hmm. um, we, that's like a, a big thing that we learn in school is how to drape appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't touch the draping. Don't try and like show off more than what I'm showing off on you. I can get to all the places I need to get to <laughs> with the, with my drapes. Right. <laughs> um don't try to touch the therapist on your own, like on your own volition. Right. Um, you're not paying me to touch me. You're paying me for me to touch you. Right. Those are some good, good rules. Good, from, good, good rules to good, live by. Good rules to live by. <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah. I've had some weird experiences. Like that's, that's fun. No, it's <laughs> because like, it will they make fun stories but like yeah i like when i do you remember when i had my beard like really big like long oh uh, god that was a while ago this was before i think maybe before like we became friends or started like working together um but it was really like i could have probably braided it at one point uh-huh and i used to have girls that would walk up to me and grab my beard Oh my god! That's and I so... would say with Kayla, like it's uncomfortable. Like, maybe yeah. Kayla, you know, it's like, why do you think that you can just walk up and touch my beard because you're a girl? Like, I said to this one girl, I was like, "How would you like it if I just walked up to you and grabbed your ass?" You know, like, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's um, that's interesting. I have, I like, I've actually felt more uncomfortable um, by like um, people like making comments about the way I train Mm -hmm. like I had this one older gentleman at the Y like ask me why I was squatting the way I was squatting because I was I think you told me about this yeah yeah because I because I was like obviously like going ass to grass and as as one should uh while squatting in my professional opinion (laughs) um he's like why are you going all the way down and then bouncing back up and I'm just like what do you mean? And he's like, Oh, it's bad for your knees. I'm like, well, I'm seeing how you're training and <laughs> and how you're moving and right. you're not moving very well. Right. And, and like, I, I just was like, so taken aback by like, you know, just because I have um, female parts does not make you like a guru on exercise right. and I make know. me like an idiot woman. Right. Um, and then when I'm like doing some, 
one time I was doing like dumbbell work and some older gentleman was like, oh, you're lifting more weight than I am. Like, just like staring at me. I'm just like, well, guess you got to step up your game, yep. grandpa. <laughs> like, it's here. not my problem that I'm lifting more weight than you. I right. don't, what a like weird kind of inappropriate thing to say to me. Yeah. Um, so... I appreciate, like, I appreciate appreciation of, like, my physical capabilities, but only so far as to, like, you have to, like, there are certain ways that you say things, not, like, I am a human, too. I know I'm a woman. Right. Are you, though? Are you? <laughs> are you I'm a woman. <laughs> and those women, I know, I, sh- I know it's weird that you're used to seeing us kind in the kitchen making right. you some sandwiches but uh we work out too sometimes uh that's actually called a sandwich <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah so yeah on that those are really the only like those are those like kind of stand out yeah. to me more than like weird massage yeah, stories. It, 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 it gets annoying sometimes with people like why do you why do you want to look that way? Why do you want to look the way you look? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I and I, yeah, and like I've had people like a couple of people comment like, "Um, you're just too big for me." I'm like, "All right. Well, that's that's cool. Like I'm not working out to look good for you. Um, I'm my own person and I enjoy like hey, I enjoy the way I look and it's taken me a lot of years to appreciate what my body just naturally does like for the longest time i hated my legs i thought they were too big and there was nothing i could do to change that right um because it was just muscle and i would even you know google like can can (laughs) they like surgically like chop off muscle like can they chop off leg muscle and what a sad thing to like worry about when you're 14 years old you know like how unfortunate and, yeah, and that's I, why I get it. It, 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 like, just try, aspire to be healthy and whatever healthy looks like with your body, appreciate that. Right. Yeah. I mean, everybody, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, I can talk about like female athletes all in one category. Um, not one category, but I mean, you could spend all day talking about this female athlete but in the different types of female athletes. And a lot of times what ends up happening is you get women that get overdeveloped mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily, that's a bad word too. They get very, they just get highly developed through exercise, right? right. Um, and I think times that people judge that and say, well, you know, why would you want to look at it? Or why would you want to, and I think that that's just as bad as people fat shaming. Right, I mean, like I think that it's a double standard, especially when yeah. it comes to women. Um, I mean, I've had people judge me or whatever and say things about me, but I don't, you know, I don't fucking care. But you know, I think that people are a little bit harsher on women yeah. to like, yeah, I think well, I, I, like well, I fit the mold of society. Women. I don't think they're harsher on women. They are harsher on women because you know it's okay for a girl to be skinny. Mm-hmm. And I always use the term skinny fat. Uh, right. That's, well, don't do that because yeah. it's triggering. That's, right. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. And it, it's accepted, which is just as heavy, in my opinion, as being obese, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways, not always, but, um, 
that's considered, you know, okay. But yet if a girl is very developed and looks a certain way, then that's kind of looked down on, or it's, why would you want to look that way? That's gross or whatnot. It's like, who cares what you think? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's happy with what she sees every day. Yeah. You know, I'm- so what, like, who are you to have any sort, like, why should your opinion matter to that, right. to that female? Like it, it doesn't yeah. just like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's, I honestly have, I, I would, I think part of it is not jealousy, but maybe a little bit a like, oh, if, if they can yeah. get that sort of, well, well, like I'm a dude and she's bigger than me. Mm-hmm. She like must be a dude or something right, or right. like must be on steroids. Right, so it's like, right. well, well, Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> well, John. Uh, well, Chad, um, you also sit on your butt and play video games for eight hours a day, mm-hmm. which, you know, is fine. I don't care what you do with your life, but when you start having opinions mm-hmm. about like, oh, well, I'm a dude and like she's bigger than me. Well, yeah, because probably because she lifts more weights than you do. Probably. I'm sure you, like genetically speaking, like you hormonally speaking, I should say, like if you were doing the same amount of training that that she was doing, you would be bigger than her. <laughs> so I like, like that one calm meme. down. I like that one meme. It's with uh I always forget her name. She's a female bodybuilder, Dana. Um, Dana Lynn Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see it? Where she, I've seen a, a lot of while she, memes with her. She's kneeling down, and there's this young boy, and he's like, "My daddy wants to know why you want all those muscles." And she's like, "Well, tell your daddy if he would lift weights, he might actually have some muscle or something like." That. <laughs> it's pretty good, actually. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to, I mean, and I don't want to shave anyone into like wanting muscle because mm-hmm. some people just don't, you know, if you are an ultra marathoner, like an ultra endurance athlete, like the biggest part of your arm should be your elbow. Like ultimately you want as little like weight to carry from, from point A to point B. Right. So, and that's fine. Like if that's what you enjoy then hey have fun are you going to have like um issue i don't want to call them issues but if you're going to have like side you're going to have side effects of that like you're not going to be super strong you might need some help like lifting heavy things and that's okay but hey you're like cardiovascular wise like you're golden right right sure and same thing with like we'll say you know a power lifter you're I don't know how your cardio is going to be like if you are not doing any sort of cardio you know Um, now that you speak of that I don't mean to cut you off but like I have a lot of my cardio I have a lot of my powerlifting clients do cardio like it's a hard thing to get across the powerlifters like they think because they're strength athletes that they don't have to do cardio if they would just understand if you would do like 15 minutes of cardio a day Mm-hmm. 20 minutes and i'm not talking about crazy cardio i'm just talking about some days walking on a treadmill um you would be amazed at how much it will actually essentially yeah it does it, it's it, you won't be like breathing heavy right. like your recovery your recovery will, will be, be so much better oh, yeah not only will your recovery your atp recovery between sets but it'll be better between your next workout 
Yeah, exactly. And you won't be like breathing heavy trying to go up a set of a flight of stairs. Right, or also great. Just sit, getting out of a chair, breathing heavy. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah. Yeah. Real quick before we go, would you got any future plans coming up or anything? Training wise. Um, training wise, I'm probably. Hey, Ethan, can you can you shush for like five minutes? Um. I'm probably going to be getting into lifting again. So that's exciting. I did. I'm pretty excited. I did a snatch session um, the other day and I hit like, I hit like 87% of my one rep max on my hang snatch. Uh, So that was exciting. I was pretty stoked on that. Um, Considering I, I haven't snatched in, probably like six months at this point wow. <laughs> so that was that was pretty cool yeah. not having um done like any sort of like real strength work right. lately but that's good though. yeah but other than that not not i don't have not not anything like super exciting yeah. just like getting back into lifting some weights right. and eating some good food and yeah just enjoying the fall i got well, um, <laughs> I'm going to get ready to go work out here in a minute. Sounds good. I'm going to I'm going to get ready to take my kids to gymnastics. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. All right. <laughs> good chat. Great chat. <laughs> All right. Talk uh, to you later. All right. Have a good night. Thanks. Right, you too. Night. Bye.